Val. You hear me now? Yes, you hear me? Yes. <laughs> yeah, well, listen, that was quite a workout just for us to get this technology to work. It is, but you know what? Once I don't know what it was, but I had a, I, this is the, I think maybe the third podcast I did using this feature on Anchor and um, Anchor Podcasts, and this is a completely free app, and once we work out the bugs, I think we'll be, uh, we'll be smooth sailing, so I'm so glad to be uh, hearing your voice. How are yeah, you? Yeah, I know. It's been a long time. Um, actually navigating this COVID situation pretty well. You are. I, I am. Oh, well, I'm, well, I know you're a people lover and that comes mm-hmm. through in everything you do, but I'm kind of like an isolationist, you know, and mm-hmm. never love those sweaty hugs that much or that get real, real close together. So this for me is kind of perfect. Yeah. I mean, I understand what you're saying there, but uh, you don't long for my attentions. Well, I, I do keep a close eye on you when you're writing your, you know, um, motivational pieces. Uh, and, and of course, it would always be great. And one day we will be back in action in person. But for right now, I, I guess everybody just has to maintain that six foot distance. Yeah, no, I'm with you there. We've definitely got a unified front on that. It's definitely wigging people out, though, huh? Oh, yeah, yeah it, it truly is. It has impact on everyone, uh, some more so than others. But, you know, particularly I was listening to something yesterday about the impact on children that they can't socialize and be around their playmates, particularly if they're an only child, then it it, I'm sure has a great impact in the elderly as well who are isolated. So I have a lot of compassion for that. Yeah, I mean, uh, I I think I I'm kind of an isolation, you know, like I'm a extroverted introvert or something like that. I, I don't know mm. if left up to my own devices, I just want to be me and my dog and a, maybe my ukulele sitting on a creek, you know, creek bank or something. I don't, I don't really have much use for, um, you know, bashes or, uh, you know, I like to go to an occasional concert like anybody else, but I, I could do without the, like, I like my alone time as well. So I'm doing okay, but I, I definitely, we are social creatures, right? Human beings. I mean, our interactions are, mm-hmm. um, are special. And, uh, the, I think just the, you know, it's like when you take something away, let's say somebody would, um, you know, it's a standard sales technique. It's like, you know, uh, maybe you don't need this car. <laughs> maybe, <laughs> right. maybe you're right. Maybe. So, um, once something is is no longer accessible, everybody wants it, right? Sure, you want it even more, and just the you know the daily routine, the having the ability to walk freely into a store, not having to be conscious of you know the mask and what you're touching. Uh, yeah, those were the good old days. That's crazy. It's crazy that uh, it truly is, and I know it's the uh, you know it's like a cliche or it's like the. Uh, when I was doing my stream of consciousness uh, podcast, which is basically, I wanted to uh, for the longest time to invite the most interesting people like yourself on and get some great guests and talk it up about hot topics and and you know, basically the whole purpose of me talking to you right now is to honor the people in my life that I know and love and appreciate and I can no longer you know be. Um, 
you know, be hanging out with as closely. But once upon a time, we were thick as thieves, you know, we mm. have a lot of history. So I want to recount that. And I, I got to say that I absolutely love you. And I, I, I am so thankful for, um, for great friends like you. And I, and I miss you terribly, but I understand um, that, uh, you know, just watching the population and my sphere and what the, they call it uh, quarantine fatigue, right? Mm -hmm. People are tired of being cooped up and being told what they can or cannot do. And they can't hug and they can't shake hands and they can't, I'm even, this is interesting. I think, um, just thinking about this last night, consider not just the interactions and the businesses closing and the, the, uh, all that stuff, missing birthday parties, doing drive-by birthday parties, all that shit. But how about the trust that we lose when we can no longer see somebody's full face i mean think about the expression all the expression that comes courtesy all those muscles that that are you know, the facial muscles and and you can they say you smile with your eyes and you can tell when somebody's bullshitting you when they when they're uh, they're smiling but their eyes aren't you know squinty or whatever yeah um, that's that's a great point to comp contemplate um and it's very difficult. Uh, we know in this day of technology corresponding via, you know, cell phones or text or email or Facebook Messenger, the written word without seeing the expressions, understand the intent can of often be misconstrued. Uh, you never really get the real meaning. Now, we've kind of found a workaround with that uh, in doing Zoom calls where you can literally see the people. And that gives us you know, some reassurance that we're getting the message that they intended for us to get. Absolutely. But no, nothing like being there in person and being able to see the whole body reaction. Yeah. And, you know, it's like uh, the sincerity. Also, I think about like when you when we're uh, covering up in these various incarnations of masks and Everybody's trying to do the right thing. Definitely, you're, I'm doing it for you. You're doing it for me. I, I'm on board with that. But who covers themselves up? I mean, we're suspicious of people. Like uh, robbers cover their, notoriously cover mm -hmm. their faces. Or somebody trying to conceal something might uh, put on the disguise so that you cannot gauge um, who they're, you know, or somebody will even going even less you know somebody will avert their eyes or oh why why won't you look me in the eyes or how come you have a weak handshake how come there's all these different bodily cues that um that i just i was always intrigued by body language but when you or you know remember on school circles stuff we talk about like somebody regarding you with closed body language they cross their arms or mm -hmm. this the uh sneaky uh the bow script at ghosting at parties right hang for a half hour <laughs> you're great with that i do that too by the way i i've uh you, i always made fun of you about that your your pension for doing that but listen family functions and stuff i'm the first one up from the dinner table <laughs> after the meal is done i don't want to shoot the shit make small talk about shit you know sometimes yeah. i do but... yeah yeah, it's a good, uh, that technique is a good one to master. <laughs> it's important.
because I don't, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I God, no, I do. I, so, uh, and this is, it's crazy. I, I, um, I gotta say, you know, I try to be an optimist. I have my moments where I fail there, but I, I really love human beings and I, I've been frustrated with, uh, our behavior and, and what led us to this, you know, what the, just lack of empathy in the world and pollution and people, you know, taking things that aren't theirs and distrust and all the things, there's a lot of things that we could, we see on the news or we read it or whatever that we, we, we take note or just really turn our stomachs about human beings, but really think about it as far as the friends, just go as far as the friends that, the company that we keep and the people that you and I know are just in our immediate sphere from the DDIP days, some tremendous, some outstanding human beings, you know, truly, truly, uh, you know, the finest of human beings, compassionate, um, intuitive, always willing to lend a hand, uh, people you're proud to call a friend, people you may not run into or have a conversation of any kind with for a year, and then you run into them where you see something on Facebook that they need help and the whole gang is there. So yeah. truly, to your credit, that was uh, an amazing group of people with very different interests that you cobbled together and put down the common ground. Kudos to you on that. Well, listen, I, you know, I, I, I contacted you the other day, my friend. I didn't even intro. Hey, this is my friend uh, Val, Viper Val, La Vibora Feminine, okay? Uh, that was her handle during our time during this, I've mentioned studying DDIP, the lifestyle change boot camp inspired program that we started more than, you know, 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, Val was one of the first individuals that that was lined up and a freaking kick ass uh individual on time friggin working hard throwing front kicks getting involved uh so it might have started with an idea that i had but then um the to the people that came into the program and this is what i'm saying like anytime i feel um that, ah, oh, there's shitheads in the world and look at this one's doing over here. I can't believe that he or she would do that. And as the people are horrible in the world, this is like a lot of chicken little, the sky is falling sort of stuff. And then I do think about, or I will stumble upon a video or something or some sort of some like you said, somebody will, I'll be in a grocery store or I'll be walking through the community and somebody will say, Dr. Drill or, Hey, you know, member of DDIP or somebody wear a shirt or whatever. And I think, God, that is the freaking. And I even said to Val the other day, I said uh, to our listeners, I feel like writing a book finally. Um, I've taken about a year away from the program, pushed across, pushed the course across the table to a very capable instructor, Rob Morey Thor, as he goes by. And, uh, you know, it was it was the time for me to it was time for change for me and and everybody, you know, but uh, that doesn't mean that the program is still not in my heart. And I still don't recollect um, countless frigging countless times that we enjoyed things that I have perhaps even forgotten occasions where we we're laughing or 
the, you know, against the odds, uh, running in the friggin' rain and like the shit we did. Yeah, this the snow run down to Mana, the toy run. It was snowing that day. That was absolutely perfect. Unbelievable, you know. The, it's it's so I said, I want to write this book. I've talked about it many times, and I figured if I the best way to do this because you know Viper, you give me some credit there for you know assembling the troops or whatever, and it might have like I said started saying it might have started with an idea that I had. But it soon took off, and the contribution of other of people for the common good is what really made the program special. And so, I would like to, I'm doing these podcasts in efforts to reconnect with people who were part of the program, and you were a huge part of it. And uh, and I want us to think back about about some of the things that we did, and what made it special, and what was our favorite part, and. Um, and how we can in a time when is things couldn't be more dire. I mean, I've never lived in a time like this. It sucks. I'm thankful for so for my health and, and everything, but uh, we'll get through it. But this kind of sucks. Um, how can we, how can we, um, you, how can we shine the DDIP light on a shitty situation and reconnect people to rise above? Well, I think we could look at accomplishments people have made um, over the years and how they've maybe even made some changes in their life um, for the better, whether it was health or whether it was becoming more of a giving person, um, more of a helper in the community, um, you know, maybe being more environmentally friendly. There's so many areas that we touched on, whether it was eating better or working out more or being a friend. Uh, lending a hand, um, at many, many avenues. So I think if you go back and, you know, your method of talking to people who had an impact on the program, impact on you, and getting the others to listen to that, I think that would bring back a lot of memories and reinforce, you know, some of the things that we did that will make a lasting impression on many of us forever. Yeah. Definitely. Like the, the lessons, like what is your take? You know, I could ask you or I mean, there's a million, I know we could talk forever and then, and, and go in different directions, but I was right there with you. I mean, you were, you and Coop, I got to get you both on simultaneously. We can get up to five. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, the things that we did and the, and the, the joy that we personified, like, Hey, we're going to, what are we going to do? We're going to get up. We're going to at you know, four 30 and, <laughs> show up and do some, something ridiculous and we're going to walk away sweaty and smelly and these people that we you really think about the the gaggle of individuals that we had the, the melting pot if we were to let things marinate over a dinner or over a few beers or whatever all of the the human beings threaten to fuck it up you know what i mean right i mean because we all have our different uh, different walks of life, different uh, ideologies, whatever. But when, during our training together, it, it was like people didn't have the time to kibitz over politics or religion or anything that they yeah. could possibly disagree over. It's like, we're going to fucking work hard. And then this is my friend Coop. And, you know, this is Val over here. Go see her. She's when, And if you can't, Sally, 
if you show up and you can't, you don't know what we're doing, somebody's going to step in front of you and show you how to do a side straddle hop or this drill or this, what is school circle, all these little things that really, and I, <laughs> there's different names for the book. I wanted to, uh, I thought of making motivation, which of course is the name of this podcast, but um, I also thought naming it PT Profit, my time as a fitness cult leader. <laughs> mm. Well, that has a lot of intrigue. People like to read about cults. Uh, yeah. But I mean, I'm if, sure you'd have uh, a lot of buyers with the DDIP clan over the years, too. Did, right. And but didn't it wasn't it kind of I mean, that was the accusation quite a few times. I think there was like, oh, what is this? What is this? I just wonder, well, you know, th that's it? always, you know, from the from the negative, from the, sure. you know, negative Nellies. And you said there was no time to, you know, fight about politics or religion or whatever it was. No shit. I mean, for one solid hour, we were gasping for breath. The only thing was, where's the next breath going to come from? You know, how many bugs can I swat? All that stuff. You know, I got so frostbite over here from these weights in January outside. <laughs> right. So where the question is, and considering our times that we're now living in, where is the next breath going to come from? I mean, this is... I mean, we're cool. It's a beautiful, sunshiny day in Pennsylvania. And, uh, you know, it's a tough time, but we're all, you know, majority of us are doing just fine and waiting things out and trying to be, do the right things, et cetera, et cetera. It sucks a little bit, but there's a lot of, it's, it's, where is the next gasp going to come from? The next breath that we draw, where is that going to come from? In, in a time where there's a critter out there that's invisible, that's stealing our thunder, mm. and stealing our breath and hospitalizing people. And, and what about motivation? What about um, the people that are you cited that they're elderly or they're lonely or they're a, a child and they don't understand how they can't go down the street and uh, play with their kids? Uh, that's a really that's a really good question. I have a yeah. Um, I, go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. So I, you know, just a little talking point here. I I found this. Uh, I'm always on the lookout for good articles, and I this is from fizz.org. It says ants use collective brain power to navigate obstacles, and I'm looking at. It says ants use their numbers to overcome navigational challenges that are too large and disorienting to be tackled by a single individual reports a study in the new open access journal eLife. Um, so that is um, a couple things. First of all, it's not, shouldn't be surprising that all kinds of biological creatures, all, all life on earth is trying to, it's in their best interest to cooperate, to try to accomplish their goals. But it says reports a new study in the open access journal eLife. So one of the things that I love the concept of, and I love, I, we tried to put this to work and did successfully in DDIP over the years is the concept of open source. So whether we're trying to find a vaccine for you know COVID-19 or we're trying to accomplish something in the day-to-day -day business or our families, open source, I'm going to come up with an idea and I'm going to say, all right, Val, I came this far. 
you know, we're going to do this workout tomorrow morning. This is what I come up with. And then that somebody could, else could come up and say, hey, well, why don't we do this? You know, it's a good idea. You got drill. How about I add, we add this component onto it? Or how about we do this? The, the notion that we can exponentially now thinking about things gone viral, right? How many little aspects of our whatever our computer software antivirus program or on our phone or some meme a picture or an idea gone viral that we can as human beings have faith in has all, the, all of our accomplishments and kind of while taking note of the shit that we are most certainly fucking up particularly regarding mother nature and how we would mm-hmm you know, just kind of like focus on our own shit. Um, maybe we can learn from ants. Maybe we can create an open source concept to solve all of our problems. And instead of arguing and seeing all the differences, maybe we can, I can pass this, I can make something and I can pass it across to you and you can tweak it and then Coop can tweak it. And then, you know, one would like to think so, um, but I think there's some obstacles that have to be moved out of the way before you can have that kind of open sourcing, um, and the mentality has to change, uh, or and the common goals have to change. Right now, too many people moving in too many directions. So while that is excellent, and yes, animals all kinds of species have proven to be a lot smarter than man when it comes to that. Um, we'll have to see if we learned a lesson here. I don't know. Yeah, we certainly will. I mean, that I, there's another article that I posted yesterday on Facebook. It's from Sebastian Younger and he is, uh, he wrote the, the perfect storm. Um, and he did a lot of, uh, he also wrote another book, I think. Well, we, you, the one that, that I think is the most applicable is uh, Tribe. And so he, he was talking about, he embedded himself with uh, some army, got an army unit or a marine unit in Afghanistan at some crazy remote post. And he saw how even though these, these soldiers might not have been best buds or got along or had anything in common in some respects, that they had to they had to rely upon one another to survive, and so they're bonded forever. Particularly after some of the hardest, you know, they get attacked and lose some guys or whatever. They named the post after this one guy who unfortunately died out there. But um, will we do? Can we do that? I mean, in the military service organizations, um, DDIP. Uh, churches there are so many examples of these tribes on a smaller scale that uh they cooperate and they agree and they they move beyond obstacles they work together to solve these things i guess maybe you know and there's there's some called i called talked about this back in the day called dunbar's number where you it this only works up to a group of maybe 50 people and then beyond that things start to fall apart. Hmm. So, well, yeah, well, I could see where it would too. too many different minds, uh, less, less of an ability to funnel it into one common goal. 
Yeah, well, different, and uh, it makes sense that there could be there are people from different, you know, people live up in remote areas. Well, they're not going to feel as much pain from from the virus, at least uh, up to now, given that they live further apart. People in urban areas, they live right on top of each other. The spread is easier. So they're going to be, we're going to read all these, you know, things about inner cities and how there's, you know, there's there's huge problem there. I mean, so people can't necessarily feel one another's pain because if you're living in, mm-hmm. I don't know, Missouri somewhere, or even in the Poconos, and you're like, they're telling you, okay, well, you can't go to work and you can't, and you're like, wait a second. I don't know a single person that has this. So the hell with them city, city uh, dwellers and half of them are all minorities. You know what I mean? They, there's a judgment. There's a, uh, yeah, of course, a tribalism gone awry. Truly. That's, that's a good description of it. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. It sure will. And I, it'd be nice to, and, and the end of the thing that I've always, one of the things that I've always noticed is that um, I know them, the media that they get a bad rap. I think that there are, they are very large organizations that's, that are trying to tap into these very primitive parts of our brain where they can make us react and have visceral responses. And a lot of times that shakes out like they're trying to, they put scary shit on there, but um I don't know. Like you're, I'm not, it makes us fearful of one another. These large, the media can sometimes do that. But and contrary is that I know people every, that I interact with on a weekly basis who I know that despite any of our differences, whatever, and cognitively, you know, ideologically or whatever, I'm confident that, uh, that they'll do the right thing. How come we can't have confident, greater confidence, like en masse, you know, with uh, how come that, that that only extends so, so far, you know? Well, yeah, it's so on a one on one, you might be confident they would do the right thing. Uh, And when mixed with like minded people who share their views um, and a, a person at the top who may have a way of flaming the fire or using incendiary language or gestures. And I'm saying this for either side, any one of those sides, um, does the person react differently? Does um, mob mentality take over? I I don't know. I'm asking. I, I think it'd be worth taking a look at that too. And I think you could find examples to go either way that this was a person that really stuck to their underlying principles and didn't go with the mob or this person talked one way, but once they got into the flow with the crowd, they were easily influenced and changed their behavior. Yeah. yeah I'll tell you what I was listening last night. This is hilarious. And it's freaking. I know you'd agree with me on this. You know, this Heather Cox Richardson. Uh, mm, wait, why, why is the name not doing anything for me? So Where, she's, well, she's all over. She's all over the web and, and she's, we would agree with pretty much everything she said. She comes off a little bit lefty, but she's a historian and she writes these wonderfully, uh, these, these very clear and fair assessments of what's happening in the news. And, um, 
and she is a historian, Heather Cox Richardson. So uh, mm. paintbrush, paintbrush been sharing a bunch of her stuff. Oh, then may, okay. Really, then I usually read her posts. Yeah, you've read it. Well, take the time mm-hmm. to, to, to. I mean, they're usually pretty long, but I, this is the first time I've heard this woman speak. So there's a video that she did yesterday that I will share with you, and um, she is fucking brilliant. I mean, this woman, she's like. Hey, you know, I know that some people, this is the way it is that I'm a, I'm a historian and me and my friends, you know, we get together and we, uh, we argue for the fun of it and, and just to see who can, um, who has the facts. And she said, anybody who would say, based upon my writings, well, you lean left or right. She goes, I am not interested at all, even though some of my stuff will often come off like she's anti-Trump or whatever, which, you know. He's a fucking dope, but, <laughs> but he really is. A, I mean, I, I don't know how anybody could, I'm sure he's done some stuff that's beneficial, but he's, he, and my point is it's, you know, if you read, if you watch the news daily, it's not hard to see that he's doing something inflammatory or, or talking about his ass or whatever. So she says, um, basically that she is, She's for democracy. She's got an act. She's got a um, an angle on that. She wants American democracy to survive. But she really, her pleasure is derived from as a historian taking these documents and really seeing like evidence, like what. I, if somebody says, "Hey, well, how do you know? Read the documents." She's got the fucking documents. She's got them right there. She's got them right there in a um, in a file. And she can show you that uh, this is what happened in this particular case. <laughs> and uh, yeah. so, she's, so she's awesome. So this is this is funny, though, because this is to me and I almost forgot about this. This is friggin' awesome. So we're lying in bed. It's like 11 o'clock. Kids are Man- Mandy comes back. She puts the kids to bed. She comes in. Um. And I'm watching this woman, Heather Cox Richardson, speak. And she's like, oh, what are you watching? And I go, uh, you've never seen this woman? Her name is Heather Cox Richardson. It's the first time I've heard her speak. She's just brilliant. And again, her name is Heather Cox Richardson. So Mandy says, oh, cock dick. (laughs) (laughs) Heather Cox Richardson. She goes, oh. Hey, what's going on, cock dick? And I'm thinking, this Mandy. is Mandy. This, this is well, Mandy's. Yeah, she's a human being too, and we're trying to find our humor in all this, right? But um, here, this is like the typical American response, and we laughed for probably thirty minutes nonstop after she said that because I just thought, in contrast to what this woman, who is clearly uh, the most one of the most intelligent people I've ever heard speak. Um, in contrast to her intelligence, the average American is going to say, you know, the guy down the street is going to say, hey, cock dick. Yeah. <laughs> she could be, she could be talking. She's like, four, yeah. four, seven years ago. Hey, cock dick. <laughs> <laughs> this is unfortunately, uh, there's like an ant, and this no no reflection on Mandy necessarily, but. There's an anti-intellectual movement out there at a time when we really need people thinking. You're right. Yeah, positively. 
anti-election. Yeah. Anti, anti, it's like people, I mean, anti, well, look, who could look, look at the, um, you know, shade being thrown Dr. Fauci's way. I mean, by some of the dumb of the dumbest people, I think Tucker Carlton, Carlson, I don't even know, just Tucker, whatever stupid name is, um, you know, just called Fauci like stupid, you know, like knows nothing. How's this possible? This guy, I'll tell you what, unless I'm a very piss poor judge of character, I don't know that I've, he's up there. He, him and Cockdick are like the, (laughs) are like the, the, they're like an, a, um, human capital, precious human capital. And we are so like, it's okay to be salt of the earth type human being and to be, you know, whatever, carving, carving out your living. You there? You Okay. Yeah, no, I'm here. Yep. Was that you? Yeah, well, it was my computer. Yes, okay. but I'm here. All right. So, I, I mean, I, I love everybody. I got people who are doctors and truck drivers and business types and, you know, whoever. The, I, I, the homemakers. I, I love everybody. But you can't, you need to be able to to, to know your freaking wheelhouse, man. If you've been, this guy's been doing public health for 50 years or whatever that he clearly knows exactly what the hell he's talking about and articulate. Oh my God. How the hell could you Clear, say? Clearly. Yeah. How could you say? I mean, <laughs> and, and if, if, listen, if I'm, if I'm up there and, and, and somebody's like, if I'm a leader and I'm like, Hey, and I guess this is, this is Trump. Not that we could do a whole, Trump hate podcast, but I don't, I don't hate anybody. I'm rooting for, you know, for the world right now, but you got to pull, if you don't know shit about what you're talking about, you need to pull the people over and just put them in front of the microphone and just leave, man. Just, mm-hmm. Right. Why yeah. would you say, I mean, I want, I want America to go back to work. I want to be, I'm in my office right now. I saw four patients today. I mean, I, I, we're at a trickle here. I don't, I don't like the way this feels, but I also understand that there's a collective good we need to look out for here. And I'm going to, I'm comfortable listening to cock dick. She, I'm going to send you this. <laughs> I'm going to send you this friggin', uh, uh, video. Yeah, and please do. Yeah. I, if, if you're not fixated on, I wouldn't be, uh, I would be very surprised, but, um, yeah, I'll definitely watch it. Yeah. So interesting stuff. So let's cover a lot of ground here talking about ants and collective working together. Um, talking about a little bit of DDIP. Let me ask you something there, Val. Um, so what motivates you? Hmm. Well, probably different things in different categories. Um, Of course, in business, it's the thrill of the hunt. It's the thrill of success and breaking new barriers all the time. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, personally, uh, I look for success for my children and for my granddaughter um, and for everybody, you know, to be leading well, tritely the best life they can, you know, to make everybody comfortable and to give them what they need. Um, yeah, what other areas? I, I always like to be breaking barriers too, doing new things, seeing new things. So staying stayed or repetition is not for me at all. So, so that's what motivates me. 
Awesome. Yeah, I mean, that's certainly more than enough. I mean, so you, you, in, um, now you, I've been watching from the sideline, of course, but I know that, uh, I don't know how long, you've been a realtor for a long time, right? Uh, yeah, we stopped counting after the 25th year of being licensed. So yeah. yes, I have been, it runs in the blood. My dad is still an active realtor. So we go back um, well over half a century on that one. Awesome. And uh, so I watch your activity on that. I, you know, I like to say for our listeners out there, uh, if I see Val and she's big into Keller Williams is the company, right? Yes. I mean, we got trainings. We're, we got, friggin', we're doing all kinds of high level stuff. You know, we're meeting, we're going on uh, retru- realty retreats. I say, whenever I see any of that goodness come across, I say, Valor Realty, baby, keeping it Valor Realty. <laughs> yeah, truly, that that's just like an excellent name right there. Valor and you would Realty. love this company I'm affiliated with. Really has a lot of good uh, thinking people behind it, um, a good foundation, a good work principle. So it it kind of you know fits in with everything that I believe in too. Yeah, I can see that. I can I can definitely that comes across. It definitely comes across. I mean. Not only because you're a friend and I care for you for a great deal, but I can tell that you're on mission and it's it's allowing you to to accomplish a lot of your the things you've been t- talking about, um, accomplishing goals and breaking glass ceilings and doing all this. Um, and so I'm proud of you. And I've uh, no, thanks. Well, I mean, and listen, Val, she she uh, she was there when we bought our home. Yeah, uh, she, she sold us our house. So, uh, yeah. so that was probably seven years ago. And then we paid her forward and, uh, and told everybody we knew about her and, uh, tried to connect her as much as we possibly could, but, uh, yeah, appreciate that always. Yeah. So I, I you know, that's come across and that, as far as the family, um, yeah, absolutely. You know, we all want to, that's probably the number one thing that I anticipate when I ask people about what motivates them, um, what compels us, what, well, we want the next generation to be able to have a good life and enjoy, enjoy um, all the beautiful things that we, we have and, uh, and have seen. And, and I tell you, man, I tell you, Viper, I, with you know i met your granddaughter's cute thing and i know of course i know your family and everybody's wonderful um but you know my sam is his he was 13 yesterday and i'm looking at this i saw that yeah oh my god i'm looking at my kids and i'm just saying especially now and silver linings and we could talk about silver linings during this because i think there have been i've been no now i've always said that I am fortunate to love everything that I do. Yeah. I mean, I, I love DDIP. I love being a chiropractor. I love uh, carving wood. So I I do things that I love, but it doesn't mean that there's not days when I'm like, man, this sucks. But, uh, you know, I, um, I've had time, a surplus of time. Uh, Three months ago, I was probably coming home exhausted at the end of a long, hard week. And, um, the only joy, you know, other than being with my family, the, uh, which was awesome, but the primary joy was like, let's go out to get a nice meal, 
get some Mexican cuisine and have a beer and and uh, just take it easy for the weekend because I'm so friggin' dog tired. Um, so in the perspective like that, pe- that most of us were complaining about mundane, stupid shit, um, things were getting on our nerves, and now we've got this, this uh, everything is just on hold, you know? We'd love mm-hmm. to do that. I'd love to be, you know, ending a busy week, um, cashing checks and helping people and running up, you know, sure. meeting in the gym to, <laughs> to work people out. Um, so the perspective that uh, sometimes we lack, we, uh, it, you, going back to what we talked about before, it's like until you, you, you think that you, um, you, you think you've got it all figured out, but you, you lack a certain perspective. Well, you know, we all said, Oh, we, our moms and our dads said, Hey, well here today, gone tomorrow, count your blessings, live for today, you know, all that <laughs> shit. And now they said that based upon probably stories that they heard from their parents about the gas crisis and the great depression and, polio and all that shit and we were never touched by it not even so much as a scratch and then all of a sudden we've got something like this that is putting everybody back on their heels so it offers perspective is what i'm saying and yes yes it does what kind of silver linings can you recognize during this time other than the fact that you're an introvert and you're happy you're okay with not hugs and kisses and uh well, you know, really causes you to do some rethinking, you know, what's important? What do I want to spend my time on? What have I not accomplished that was really a goal that I lost sight of? So it gave the opportunity to do some rethinking. Um, you know, what other paths do I want to forge? I'm at a different stage in life than you, of course. Uh, and you know, I, I give greater thought to what does it look like? What does retirement look like? Is there another career? Is there another volunteer career? What would that look like? So, yeah, it gives time for more thinking and, and maybe things that were important go on the back burner and maybe goals that you set that you tossed aside, maybe they get uh, polished and put back put back up in some of the top positions. The so those were silver linings. Uh, one thing that I certainly do miss is travel. Mm. That, yeah. Yeah. And so that looks like that's at least tabled for the rest of the year. Um, and, and I don't know what next year will look like, but that certainly is regretful. Not, not that painful, but I, I wish, you know, certainly that I will have the opportunity to revisit that again soon. Definitely. Definitely. Uh, I know you go to Mexico a lot. I've always, you've always, that's been inspiring watching that too. Puerto Vallarta. I've always, um, it makes me want to go to friggin' Mexico. Mm-hmm. Um, I was, listen, I was going to friggin', uh, you didn't know this, but I was going to connect with an old, uh, chiropractic school buddy who lives in Northern Arizona. We're going to go and meet in Utah and hike and kayak and down the Colorado. Oh, wow. And that was going to be Easter weekend. And that got shot to shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
So I, I, I would like to do that as well. One thing that I, the travel as well, the one thing that I think I would, I would like to do though, is I want to see, this makes me want to, um, I want to, I want to see America. I want to see all the cool parks and the Grand Canyon and the West coast and the Maine and, I want to go, I've been some, some places in America, but is it like Utah? I, I mean, I did some research on that. I spoke to everybody that I knew and everybody, it's one of those things. It's like when you drive a yellow Volkswagen, all you see is yellow Volkswagen. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Now I'm the Raz. There. Yes. Now I'm out there talking about, uh, <clears throat> you know, uh, deliberating going on a hike to the Southwest and all I running into are people that go to Sedona and mm-hmm. Utah and all this shit. And um, so, I, and my kids are at the cusp of their teen years. So I want to, I want to get out there a little uh, Clark W. Griswold and, and see America. <laughs> well, that, that would be a story and a movie all on its own. And there is, uh, you know, of course, amazing sites to see, visit, get a taste of in this country. So I would, strongly urge you to do that as soon as conditions permit yeah i'm gonna freaking do it i'm psyched hey yeah i'm gonna talk to you about one last thing and we're gonna and we'll break for, for okay we could talk about another thing at a future at a future time we could talk about just ddip or we could talk about just realty or whatever so um so i love you're great you've been a great guest but i want to talk to you about your other passion which is uh animals Tell me about your, um, because the Oberst, you know, one of our only objections in getting a second canine is that we didn't have the time. So now that the kids and my, and Mandy, uh, um, uh, have the time, have yeah. the time, they're going to be home educating and, t- and learning from home for the near, you know, from at least the near future, we have the time to spend and break in another uh another Mm -hmm. so a be on the lookout for that b what makes you love dogs so much well well dogs have very low expectations for people they don't care if you make mistakes they don't care what you look like when you roll out of bed in the morning they don't care about things like bad breath or money or what you're wearing They give unconditional love. So those are all like the adult topics, you know, why people would like dogs. Um, I, you know, I always liked dogs as a kid. It it would help me decide whether I was going to accompany my parents to someone's house for a visit, which would be otherwise considered boring unless they had a dog. So if they had a dog, I'm all in. If they didn't have a dog, yeah, probably not. I'd rather stay home. Uh, They're just, you know, wonderful creatures. Um, and there's so many stories out there of dogs needing homes and, you know, the whole breeding industry and how terrible that has been to the breeder bitches. Uh, so, uh, you know, I'm very, very passionate about that. Try to give to a lot of charities, try to always promote the causes on Facebook. Um, yeah, that animal, they are a passion, particularly dogs, but all animals. Yeah, they're wonderful. I, I mean, I, yeah. Be- preaching in the choir there you know that i love dogs too i just um so keep an eye out for the obers there if you see a, a good candidate we can we have the time and 
and we're Momi also she was the thing about Momi is as you may know she's she's was damaged goods but she's a friggin mm-hmm. lover. she's a lover if you know her but I think there's a lot of people that probably would not would not hang their head if she in <laughs> early thoughts because she's a oh. she, she like well, she wants to kill anybody who walks by it's the most ridiculous thing ever but um you know we she she's about she's been uh, <laughs> we've rounded her her uh jagged edges a little bit more and i think that maybe if she had a companion uh it would go okay so yeah well you know when people say to me be on the lookout they have to be careful with what they say because you know, a dog could be showing up at your house tomorrow. I have a lot of connections. Uh, my my last adoptee is laying here on the sofa. She's a chocolate lab, three-year-old, was a breeder dog in Lancaster. Um, so we've had her for a year and she's amazing. So be careful for what you wish because I could probably make that happen pretty quickly. I know. And, and you're right. So many people during this pandemic, I was just on an office call earlier today, it, the dog shelters. I, I mean, so many people have been adopting dogs and let's hope that all stays permanent buying dogs, which of course I'm really not in favor of because it perpetuates the breeding industry. Um, but you know, whether people have realized the need for a companion and or found that they have time at home now finally to train them. My concern is what's going to go on in these dogs' minds when everybody goes back to work? I think they're going to need therapists. Like, where did all those people go to? What happened to all those walks? I mean, I'm actually hoping that our life doesn't go back to the way it was 100% where we're only focused on you know, those things and it gets that chaotic again. And there are times consistently for things like dog walks or whatever it is one does for personal peace and fun, but that remains to be seen too. Well, that's, and that's the thing, you know, that was a symptomatic of, you know, I was belly aching earlier about like the time, like uh, I've always been, I've always tried to carve out time for the things that matter to me but there you know it, it, there's no question some of the some of the aspects of american life uh prior to this they it was a freaking we're just a consumer culture we're just i mean it, I, I talked about how optimistic i am and how i love human beings and all that stuff but we're just so fucked up you know we're, we're such a it's all about shiny things that re- really mean nothing and uh I think that taking in a dog that they will take care of long term is probably the best thing for our hearts and our um, across the board because these creatures are so wonderful and they depend upon us and and hopefully that we return the love that they show um, constantly. You know. Yeah. That's my true. That's my hope, but. Uh, um, all right. Well, listen, we are doing almost an hour here. I love talking. And like I said, Val, this is the whole purpose. Here. What the fuck is that? Hold on here. I think my phone is ringing with another call. Hold on. So, yeah, I have calls coming in. So let us put a um, ending to this one. It was wonderful to talk to you that long. That's extraordinary that you would have me on the phone that long. So you must be an excellent conversationalist and a interviewer. <laughs> <laughs> we could go on and on. Listen, we're like, hey, we're the thick as thieves, Val. Me, you, and me. Yes. All the things, yes. all the back and forth, all the banter we've had, all the little secrets that we share. It's awesome, right? 
Yeah, truly, truly. Tell me you love me. So Tell many me good times. Me. Tell me you do. What's Tell that? Me you care. Tell me you love me. Oh, of course I love you. Yeah, you truly have my back. One of my best friends. We don't get to talk that often, but I know if I call you, you call me. We got each other's back. Totally know that. Absolutely. You know it, my friend. One, two, three, DDIP. (laughs) Do it.